You only get into, out of the game what you put into it, Shelley. Mm-hmm. And I put everything into it I could and still do for the people and for the people that I was playing for and the people that I was manager for. I didn't cheat them out of anything. So I put all my heart and soul to the extent that my family suffered. Do you yeah. regret that at all? Oh, yeah, I regret, oh, I regret it very much, yeah. Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Welcome to the Friday Football Show on Man Marking, the podcast that uses football as a vehicle to encourage men to become more comfortable talking about their mental health. My name is Dan Reed, and today is Friday the 1st of October. Now on this day in 1969, Concord broke the sound barrier for the very first time. And today I'm joined by a man who I'm certain will be doing his best to break the sound barrier with his red-hot football opinions and razor-sharp wit. It's Anthony Olsen. How are you? I'm I'm really good. On an entrance, I know I'm nothing like Concord. If if anyone's ever seen me run, I run very happy and walk quite sad. We'll get that out the way before you chime in. (laughs) I'm more akin to a ship, a large ship that turns (laughs) like the one that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Pretty much, I'm slower than that. To be honest, Uh, I suppose at least like Concord, you did your best work in the nineties. Yeah, pre- probably. I've pretty much been out of action since. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, it's why I've turned to such uh, pub sports like cricket. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I won't slag cricket off again. No, you can't. You're One of our listeners was not very happy about <laughs> me slagging off cricket last <laughs> week. But um, yeah, such is life. Are we okay, mate? It's just the two of us today. It is. Two to tango and all it that. It is. No, yeah, no, it's good. Good. Glad, we, uh, glad to get rid of him, to be honest. Well, that's it, isn't it? Little squad rotation really freshening it up. Yeah, he's at a wedding. He is at a wedding. He's at a wedding whilst we're recording. And like the thing is, Ryan has told so so Ryan, you if you're gonna be listening to this. Oh, of course he is, I hope he is. Uh it's a bit of disrespectful if he doesn't. Mm. But uh Ryan has told us that his loving partner Rachel doesn't listen to the podcast. So <gasps> I feel free to explain My that word. uh Ryan is today at a wedding with his lovely partner Rachel. Rachel's brothers. Yeah, wedding. he completely downplayed it, didn't he? Forgot. <laughs> Forgot it was happening. Text us. Can't record tomorrow night, lads. Oh, why is that? Oh, I hope Ryan's okay. Got a wedding. And as whose wedding is it? Thinking, oh, just be, you know, one of those, sometimes you get invited to the evening of a wedding, you say, yeah, and then you think, oh, God, I forgot about no. that. Brother-in-law. He's there all day. Starter, main, dessert. He's there. He's doing speeches. Oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think he is doing a speech. No. Well, he'd forget even if he did it, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're here, listener. We're here. To and we're guide gonna, you through to the weekend. We're going to guide you through to the weekend. That's what we do on the Friday football show. That's what we do here on Man Marking. What we like to do is we, we you know, we take it on a Friday morning. You, you'll be going on the way to work going, you know, oh, you know, just get through this day and then I can go out and have a nice time over the weekend. Maybe you're going to the football. Maybe that's what you're looking forward to, seeing your friends, going out with your partner, whatever it might be. But to get you kicked off, this is the place to be. It's the place to start. And to kick us off, Ant. Mm. I want one thing from you that you've enjoyed this week. Mikhail Antonio. The guy is phenomenal. I feel Didn't like even I've, finish my sentence. You've uh, already said Mikhael Antonio. Uh, Mikhail, I I, I'm going to jump straight in. Mikhail Antonio. Do you, do you do that? Much like Mikhail Antonio, just bullying his way through defenders. That goal against Leeds is fantastic. Too bad. Ah, oh, 
just like, oh, do you, whose ball's that? No, it's not yours. I'm going to nick it past you and slot it in the corner like a proper striker. The guy was playing right back <laughs> four years ago. Mate, the guy was playing for Sheffield Wednesday not that long ago. It's just stupid. Like, honestly, I can't get over the fact that he's West Ham's highest Premier League scorer. It's all right, yeah, I know football began before then. But it's still pretty good. It also does say that West Ham have been very good with strikers. West Ham have had an appalling record of strikers for a long time mm, now. But... And it's very funny that they spent like all that money on Sebastian Allaire ah. and you know, they had the, they persisted with Andy Carroll despite the fact that all the evidence would suggest do not persist with this man. He is broken. You can't, you can't blame him. You because, can't blame him. I mean Andy, Andy, what a guy. If you like Wayne Rooney so much, I, I mean I'll give you I'll give you Andy Carroll. You can't not love him. Wayne Rooney's played about 600 career matches. I know, but I mean, if if he was fit, Andy Carroll, my yeah, God. Yeah, but he hasn't been. My God, I would imagine if he was. If that's the auntie what, was your uncle. That's what people, yeah, that's what people be saying down a pub. They'd be going, oh, but Andy Carroll, if he could stay fit. And Andy would probably be in with him as well. He probably would, <laughs> wouldn't he? I mean, yeah, you get in the corner and all that. Kevin Nolan round him. Do you know what I like about Mikel Antonio? I enjoy the way that, he, you know, West Ham have kind of gone, right, well, we're going to have to play this fellow up front. Because mm. he keeps kicking it in the goal, mm. so we, we, we persist that, with it. That's what it felt feels like as well. Yeah, gone, like, oh, he keeps doing this. It's not just like a. Can you shift. stop doing that? Yeah. Oh no, wait! Just belting it in. And and so he was the number thirty last year, number nine this year. Of course, not is. messing about. That's in the contract, isn't it? Well, mm. it's like I think if you're there going, and like you've seen Antonio in in press conferences and interviews and stuff, and he's very he's very lively, he's very personable well, yeah. per- person, you know. And so he's gone there and he's gone. Do you know what? Give me the number nine. Mm. I want it. The dirty dancing celebration and yeah. all that. Brilliant. He, he thought it was um he thought it was something Good. else. <laughs> no, what did he think it was? Because it was dirty dancing, wasn't it? But he thought it was something else. Oh, I can't I can't remember. I just saw him do this. Last tango yeah. in Paris or something like that. <laughs> uh, so that's what you've enjoyed this weekend. What haven't you enjoyed? Um this is gonna make me sound really, really old. I was watching I mean, in all fairness, mate, we're about hundred and fifty episodes into this podcast. Yeah, so our listeners will be fully aware. Of that fact already. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit old. Go on, mate. Um, I was watching the uh, the the Bundesliga highlights. Somehow that muck, that that foreign muck came on me tally. Is the football in other countries? Yeah, I think there is. Um, and every manager seems to just rock up in like a, a shirt from Top Man and a yeah. pair of jeans. What's wrong like, with that? Look, it's not for me. I mean, where where have the tracksuits gone? Where, where's the baggy shell shell, shell suits gone? <laughs> you know, where 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 have they got to? Because you know, I was okay with it. You know, the nice skinny like trackies, tapered trackies, and all that look nice and smart. I'm okay with that. That's fine. It's a little bit, you know, too sporty for me. Are we talking kind of the sort of get up that you see maybe a, a Pep Guardiola sporting or a you know, yeah, Julian Nagelsmann? He's always. He's always yeah, you know, but at least he, at least he dresses smart. I just I saw I think it might have been Hoffenheim's manager. Honestly, he was in a, a shirt that he had an iron, a long sleeve white shirt he had an iron. Sounds like, like me. And like, I'm pretty sure a pair of jeans and some trendy trainers. And I'm like, well, fair enough. I've used to wear trendy there, so I am old. Does he? Is it like a dad that's trying a bit too hard? It feels like it. Yeah. But I mean, soft like, top car. Where's the suits gone? Where where where's the shell suits gone? Now? Um. Speaking of sartorial choices, mm. did you see Daniel Craig's blazer at the James Fan- Bond premiere? Fantastic. Would you like to see that on the touchline? Well, I feel like Narg has been tried it last year, didn't he, really? Yeah, that, that, that was bold. Was, was that uh, at Old Trafford? Am I remembering uh, that correctly? Yeah, it could have been, yeah. I think it was. That was different. Yeah, it was. Um, I was all for that, but because you look smart, I just, you know. 
Well, I think we mentioned it in the in the Euros as well about uh, Spain's manager. Yeah, we did. Luis Enrique. Yeah, like, oh, I, I don't mind it, me. Looks like a taxi driver. You know, just rocked I, up. I have a very relaxed dress policy at work. I mean, I'm t- I'm terrible at dressing, by the way. Like, no, so am I. I mean. I feel just, like we're probably. Me. I mean, if we were ever going to have an episode where we talked about sartorial choices, Ryan probably should have been here to help <laughs> us along. Uh, but he's not. No, he's too so, busy being very well dressed at that wedding. Well, quite right, quite mm. right. So we've done our bit. And, yeah, we have. Uh, you know, then he can come back and have a go at us. Well, that's it. You and can, so can everyone else. Points us in the right direction. Mm. I'm sure people will. I'm sure people. Will. Um, do you want to know what I enjoyed this week? Uh, no. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I've got two things, but they're kind of the same. Right. Okay. Okay. So the first one was. Uh, Raul uh, Jimenez scoring yeah, first time he that. scored in like 300 and something days since that really bad injury that he mm. got uh, the head injury uh, so bad so that people thought he probably would never play football ever again well he's still got the, the, the protective gear on hasn't he he has yeah mm. um, and his goal was classic Raul Jimenez sitting people down in the box slotting in the bottom corner yeah I I watched a bit of that game it was I saw, terrible, the, I saw the goal I watched the first half and I was like oh there's not much up front here no and then Jimenez just went. Oh no, I'm, I'm still here. If he could, it, and he loved it as well. Didn't yeah, he? he was class. And the Wolves fans loved yeah. it. Everyone, you couldn't like Raúl Jiménez seems like a really likable footballer as well. Yeah. And Wolves were kind of very vociferous and sticking by him when he got his injury, and he seems very grateful for that. The Wolves fans really like him. He's a big player there. And if he can return to what the form he was at before, you think probably outside the top six, he's probably the best striker in the league. Yeah, difficult to... Yeah, Bart possibly. Vardy, maybe Varda. Possibly, yeah. Calvert-Lewin, maybe. Calvardy, Calvert-Lewin, someone but like that. But I think that. Jimenez has got all the tools. He's got yeah, all the got tools. A, weirdly, you've got a Bamiang outside the top six at the moment. So no, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I the get classic. what you mean. I get what you mean. The classic. Big classic centre-forwards. They'd be, they'd be fantastic. It was great to hear the song being sung as well. That oh, was really yeah. nice. The, uh, the other thing I liked was also a goal. And um, this is from a man who was not injured, hasn't no. been injured. Uh, it was Neil Mopai. Mm. And I enjoyed how fucking aggy he is. Yeah, at he, any moment, yeah. at any moment, he had a little, he had a little start at the uh, the Arsenal players last year, didn't he? Did. he? Um, and you got a bit of an insight into what he was like there. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I think there is a place for it because it, I mean, as much it adds Needle. to the, it adds to like pantomime of it, doesn't mm. it? And I think you, you kind of need that from from certain players. Shane Duffy was getting right involved as well. Mm. He was giving it loads, and I, I, I just. I mean, it's a weird derby, and we have spoken about the Brighton Crystal Palace derby many moons ago, and how weird the derby it is. But they take it seriously, so I'm happy with it. Well, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. The, there's there's needle, and the, and it was Aggie, and I'm mm. and I'm all for it. Um, and the thing I didn't enjoy. No, oh, go on. It's just it's sort of a weird one, this. But hear me out. Mm. The thing I didn't enjoy was uh, Sheriff winning in Madrid. You didn't enjoy it. No, I, I'll tell you for why. Go on. Because you they, think have they have they done something terrible in a past life? Oh, there's a there's a there's a lot of questionable stuff going on with there that is club. A... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the fairy tale people think it is. <laughs> I won't go into it, but give give Sheriff a little turn. Yeah, give him a little read, and you'll you'll understand why it's a, people are a little bit. Uh, this is a little bit uncomfortable. But anyway, um, the thing that I didn't enjoy about it was was that it was like you've got a smaller team beating a bigger team, mm-hmm. and as well that it was one of the big. ESL teams as well and so you had all that and you're like yeah stick that right up your craw and all that and you think get in there um, and then you find out the Sheriff were founded by two former KGB agents and you think we're not allowed anything nice we're not allowed nice things because even in because in football nowadays in football at that level it's all murky and horrible yeah and it was sad because I was like oh my god they won oh that's oh god yeah, well, maybe that was their task. Well, Real Madrid did a death start, and then, and then it's like normally, 
normally like like Luke Skywalker beats yeah. the Death Star, but in this case it was like Rupert Murdoch beat the Death Star, and you were like, oh, it's oh, God for <laughs> God's sake. Maybe that was their their task. Maybe it was to infiltrate from the inside. Well, possibly. I doubt it. No, I don't. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, you raise yeah. a, a bit of a, a quandary, I'd say. It, it, Who would you rather support, Real Madrid or, or two KGB agents football club? If they were listening, then the, the KGB agents. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, well, they'd probably be in Salisbury. So. Yeah, well, mm. probably the less said about that, the better, mm. I would suggest. Yeah, um, court cases and all that. So we're going to move on to the, the football <laughs> <laughs> that's happened this week. Uh, first story of the week for us, Ant, that we want to have a little look over, and it will be no surprise to the listeners to hear that we're starting off with the main man himself. Talk of the town. Some some say, and I've heard rumours of this, that if uh, if Oli loses his job at United, he could be straight in there. And you could blame him. That genuinely wouldn't shock me. It's Wayne Rooney. It is Wayne Rooney. What, um, did, what did they do on Wednesday night, Ant? They won. They got themselves back into positive they points. won. I think you can try and keep the man down, but he will keep coming back. Is, is there time not more points? And again, is there not more points to be taken off? No, I think that's it. Is that it? I think there's some kind of three points suspended, but I don't think that that's. Oh, they'll probably do it at the end of the season. Do it, when, next, just yeah. do it next year, isn't yeah. it? Do it next year. So they're now seven points behind uh, he Barnsley he, and Forest. Yeah, he reckons he can stay up, can't he? He really does. And to be fair, he's got a good. Show. A good shelter. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible, but yeah, it, I mean, it's a very long season. And Forest have picked up as it's, well. It's just all, so that you know, they're just above them. They got to win. Mm. Um, I, I mean, we spoke about the Forest job as a bit, a bit, a bit of a, a poison chalice. But the other teams aren't winning. But that's it. I think the thing is, this is the thing with being down at, at that end of the table. And I was thinking about this with regards to uh, Tottenham mm. in a slightly different way, trying to get a Champions League or a European place in the Premier League. And I'm thinking, there's not like you don't have to be that good to get to certain places in certain divisions. Like I don't think in the championship, like for Derby, some of those teams down there are going to lose a lot of games. It gives you quite a lot of scope to claw back because there's some. I don't not necessarily that they're bad teams. Just the quality is generally really high in the championship, so it can yeah, be so quite can easily to easy to lose a lot of games. And I think it was good as well because you know. There was the news, wasn't it, that came out there. I think Derby sacked 20 people from the club. They lost their jobs. And we talked about that last week being obviously one of the negatives or the main negative that comes out of these things. And there's something that's that's often under the surface is what people don't realise is, oh, there's, you know, there's been points deductions or they might get relegated. But ultimately, people with nine to fives losing their jobs. Yeah, it's never the people who cause it either as well. No, it's of course. just to work for them. And, you know, yeah, yeah it, it, that, that is the, the worst thing about these these things with Derby though yeah I think they probably have got a good chance of staying up like you say mm-hmm. I think the majority and they've not got a bad team if you look at it you go uh, they've got 13, 14 decent yeah, decent ser- players serviceable and they've probably still got an okay youth academy so you can rely on that as well but and Wayne problem, Rooney can always pull on his boots yeah well, of course he can but <laughs> the, <laughs> the problem is, is it is a very long season very early yeah they've had to go for it the, the plus point would be they're in positive Positive points, not too far away, but they've almost got nothing to lose. Though, I, have they? No, of course they haven't. No, no. And, and Rooney, when he when he speaks about it, speaks about it quite openly and says, "Look, I'm here. We want to give it a crack." Yeah. And if if he does, keeps him up. Extraordinary. It's a great job, like you won't be laughing. There will be you'll be laughing on the other side of your face, then, won't uh, you? Well, yeah, I'd have to uh, row back a little bit. If wouldn't I? if if Wayne Rooney keeps Derby up mm. this season, 
Is it the greatest sporting achievement in this country's history? No. <laughs> top top five, maybe. Radicanu, <laughs> Leicester City, Rooney keeping Derby in the championship. Goes in that order, doesn't he? Okay. Second, second for Rooney, behind Radicanu. I'd probably say like a thousand. A thousand, good God. <laughs> Do you remember, um, who was it? I don't know why this has made me think of that. Who was the former manager or player, whoever it was, who said that David Beckham wasn't in the top thousand Premier League players ever. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I do. Was I it David Platt or someone random like that? No, I mean, Dave, um, I don't know who it was. I do remember it being said. Do you remember that? A proper dig. I don't know why that's randomly come into my mind. Mm. Um, All fucking headphones. Um, <laughs> All headphones. I'll hit record again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. It turns out it was Chris Waddle. Yeah, oh Chrissy Waddle. Chrissy Waddle said Beckham was not in the top thousand. But I don't know why that came to mind. It's just you know one of those really weird things that happened in life that occasionally you just remember. It comes out with some corkers, Chris. Like I oh, chat absolute nonsense, so I don't really <laughs> want to waste any more time. They're uh, all headphones. And the next story I've got on my list uh, is Bruno Fernandez's penalty miss statement. Um, do you want to? Do you want to, for, you know, I'm sure there isn't anyone listening who doesn't know what it is, but for anyone who does, doesn't know what it is, do you want to kind of introduce them to the concept of what an AFM on about? So, um, Bruno Fernandes was tasked with taking a penalty in a, in a football match. Whoa, hang on a minute, that is surely not within his job description. I, I, I you know, it was difficult because he was getting told that some other fellow should have took it at the same time, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's basically been mugged off by the keeper, he yep. blasted it over the bar, some say it hasn't come down yet. <coughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> and then for some reason, they've decided to put a... Well, he's this... I'm not sure if it's him or his team have decided to put a, a statement out saying sorry for missing the penalty. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure 70,000 well, 68,000 people probably would have guessed he would have felt anyway. Uh, he... It's is weird. It, is it necessary? It's, it's 300 words. Oh, my God. So it's through a three hundred word statement. Gary Neville has blasted him and called him embarrassing. It is. There's no need to do it. It's embarrassing, Bruno. <laughs> when you play for a club like Manchester United, <laughs> stop. It. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jamie, but this is Manchester United. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. <laughs> um, but yeah, this seems to be quite a common thing that happens now. Lingard did one the other day as well after that pass in the Young Boys game that he uh, gave away the goal. Yeah, right. I I kind of get stuff like nah, it's it's shit. No, I kind of I kind of get it. I kind of get it a little bit. Don't give him any. Don't give him any any excuse. It's rubbish, pub. Yeah. It is crap. I can't right. So just just what are a, they apologising for? No, I know, but just from a PR point of view, I kind of get it a tiny little. No, bit. No, but see, I think it's one of those things that like but it's overkill. But no, but see, the problem is, is like what you're doing is trying to sate the fans online who are going to give you loads of shit. Mm. All of which aren't match day going football fans. They're just people who have this weird kind of like I don't know what it is. They just lo- they just love to hate their own club. There's an article I read. Um, I'll find the name of the the, the person who who, who wrote it. Uh, I, I I read it the other week. It's called uh, "The Cold World of the Extremely Online Liverpool Fan" by a guy called Dean Van Ungayen. I think that was how you pronounce it. Mm. Um, he's a Liverpool fan himself. Okay, but it's basically about those. This I don't think. Do you remember we, we were having a conversation, you and I, a while ago about uh, incels? Mm. They're almost kind of similar to that kind of thing. There's a lot of like, 
it's it's a lot of piling in on people. Yeah, it's and a you, lot of enjoyment out of other people's misery. You only have like, to, you only have to go in the comments underneath any tweet by one of those big clubs, and it's there's nobody in there who's a football fan. There's nobody in there who's a proper football fan. Nobody. It's just trolling online. Yeah, eh? exactly, that's and that's what it is. So you're saying those people, but you're giving them credence. Mm. You're acknowledging their existence, and that's what they want. And I think that's why it's such a stupid thing to do. Yeah. And and I just think it's such a dangerous precedent to set so does he have to apologize every time he misses a chance now does everyone else at man united have to apologize as well if they miss a penalty i think it's gone from uh love today's game great fans are brilliant you know <laughs> kind of things like that didn't, to, didn't get the job done we're really disappointed yeah. we'll try we'll try better next time thanks for the support amazing as always form up emoji football ball yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think it's gone from that and this this is kind of overkill and but I also you can see through. I'm not convinced any of these have their own like control of Twitter all the time. No, of course they don't. I mean, there are some people you can see who do, yeah. like Marcus Rashford, for example, yeah. probably does, but not all the time. No. And I just, I, I just, it's just depressed. Oh, it's just shit. It's so depressing and yeah, shit. Yeah, you know and when rubbish, I said, and you're like, you know when I, I said I sounded old before about the clothes. <laughs> I don't know whether this appeals to like young, young, young people. I don't, or whatever, who, I don't know. I don't know who reads that and go, "Oh, I was fuming, but at least he's apologised." Yeah. Like who, who, who is it for? If he wants to come out and say that, go but to what? go to the press conference and no, say what? say something but like what? that. But why? I don't, no, that's... I know, but that's where you would do it. That's where you would do it normally. You'd front up in a press conference like a manager would or, I don't know, like someone who got sent off or some, something like that. And you go, I, yeah, I, here I, we go. I was only think that there's ever an opportunity. Uh, no, there's never any reasonable excuse to apologise. The only time that you could even vaguely kind of accept it is like if someone clearly hadn't put the effort in. But no one's going to come out and admit that they didn't try hard enough unless it's kind of posthumously later on in 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 time uh, i tell you, you probably should come out and apologize is paul pogba uh graham soon has told me to say that <laughs> Fucking hell. yeah uh, yeah and i just thought it was with if they get a penalty if when they get another penalty mm. does ronaldo take yeah, it yeah of course it does what I about mean, if ronaldo misses oh well then <laughs> we'd just stay offline because please, it would absolute nightmare please right now name me something that would be funnier than that um, you can't you can't think of anything i can't I, it would be Especially if it was in like a big game. So say it was like the derby at the Etihad and it was nil-nil and it was the 95th minute and he got a penalty and he missed. But I think this must really annoy... Like, Sue! <laughs> yeah. I think it must really annoy like older Man United fans who kind of built up on like a little bit more grit than this this team's got. And, and like they're not a bad team. I'm not, not saying that. They're not a great team but, though, like, are they? They were a little bit understated, and it was only when Beckham came around that it became like a bit flashy. Yeah, tremendously flashy. They did have Cantona, and he but was he big, wasn't he was top a big draw, players. He... Well, they had Lee Sharp. Oh yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I suppose yeah. But Do you remember was... when we went he... to see Football Ramble live, yeah. and uh, Marcus Speller said I look like Lee Sharp? Do you remember yeah, that? Y- yeah, one of the crowning moments of my life. Man. You don't play like him. I'm better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it must just annoy like old older fans. I can yeah, see, does... I can see why. It... Is silly, and it, it was Ryan who brought that up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so any United fans, particularly, that happened there at Ryan Pulford. Yeah, at Ryan Pulford, I'll give you his number and his address. Yeah, <laughs> although, yeah, he probably he did give us that. He's probably forgotten he gave it to us now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we we always like in these shows to sort of bring something a little bit lighthearted to the party and bring some some fun stories, uh, you know, and 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 you know, try and find a little bit of enjoyment on a Friday. You know, people have had a difficult week at work. 
But equally, you know, as we said at the top of the podcast, and as we always say, we are here primarily. The 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 the, the, the aim of the podcast is to talk about mental health and is to bring it to a broader sort of conversation point uh, you know a, a more comfortable footing particularly for men and uh, our next story that we wanted to talk about from this week is in that wheelhouse and i'm going to sort of hand it over to you to kind of give the listeners a little bit of in- information yeah so it's an article on the on the bbc sport website with uh, current cares and ashton bosch steve cunningham um and it's about how he kind of reacted to to losing uh, a child and the grief that he went through and how he tried to fit back into football and how he tried to use football to help him. Um, they had a, a, a stillbirth, him and his him and his wife, um, a few years back. 2014, um, I think it was. Yeah, and he basically tried to carry on as normal and he openly admits that you tried to use football as a as a release. Um, tried to mask it, didn't he? Yeah, and as a and a, a, in his words, there were people around his wife to to help her, help her. And what point was there in in both crying on on the couch? Yeah. Which is an understandable viewpoint. Do you know um, what I thought that was dead interesting about that was that what that clearly demonstrates is that he didn't acknowledge or recognize at the time. That he was allowed to to grieve, he was allowed to be sad, he was yeah. allowed to be upset, yeah, and he was allowed to be it. down and be a part of it. He almost saw himself as being, well, my only role here is to support you, which, from a personal standpoint, is an admirable thing for someone to think that they would put their mm. partner ahead of themselves in that situation. But it's an interesting dynamic, isn't mm. it? And that's often what happens for men in that position because we've been condition yeah, to believe like, that that's the only go, role and if you have be the breadwinner exactly and if you haven't got that role then remove yourself from the scenario yeah absolutely oh i've not got the expertise for this when yeah. actually you probably have got more so than anyone else and also it's like it's not even it's not even so much that is it's it's you're also yeah allowed to sit on the couch and be sad and let people look after you you need looking after at this point 100 percent. but steve you know said in his own words as well, he was quite, he bottled up those emotions and he yeah. became quite horrible to be around. And I'm not saying anything that, that isn't in the article. Um, but it was, it was really, it's, it's quite, when you, when you see the headline, you're going, oh, well, that's about, but it's, it kind of, kind of fits our, our, oh, hugely. You know, our, our it read like a, a, a kind of write up of an interview that we'd have done. Absolutely. And he said he he visited. Uh, I think he went to do a talk on how to you know deal with the pressures in football and uh, and the like. Uh, uh, the men's den in Colne. Uh, yeah, yeah. He ended yeah. up listening to to all sorts of different stories. Well, don't you think it was interesting that he went? So that's like a men to men, like peer to peer support group, a little bit like Andy's Man Club. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar sort of concept. Um, but don't you think it was interesting that he was invited to go down there not with the intention of talking about mental health? Mm. It was more like from like a leadership, almost like some of the things we talked to Phil Denton about yeah, in yeah. a way. And what ended up happening was was that he got more affected by the other stories than they were by him, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah but we've we've interviewed people before and, and I think I can't quite remember it who who it was now because we've done quite a few, but they've they've said obviously they've been struggling with, with problems and then and actually gone and played football and mm. found out that their assistant managers going through the same kind of things and and, and not knowing that and it, it's 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 a strange thing unless you're mm. in that 
unless you start that conversation, you're not going to know a thing. No. So him going there, actually probably went, oh, hang on, I'm I'm, I'm not really dealing with it very well. But Steve, and that's, that, that yeah. was like five years after yeah. after the event. That was like 2019, yeah, wasn't it? I, I, it's such a big, it's a big yeah. moment. It's a big trauma. Uh, and, oh, it and must have been horrific. It, it affects, I saw the statistic as well. It's, you know, one in 200 are, yeah. are still yeah. which is, you know, it's probably closer to yourself or to home than, than you'd imagine. You'd, so. you'd have thought so, yeah. And it's probably the type of thing where you don't, you might think, oh, I don't know anyone who's, who that's mm. happened to. But that's probably because it was probably a male friend. Mm. You know, we're, we're men, so we're, mm. most of our friends are male. Mm. It won't have mentioned it, yeah, might you know, unless we were a very close friend. Um, I think what you were saying there about the fact that, so it was on the Thursday that it happened, and on the Saturday he was back coaching mm. he was back managing and could taking a game with with a uh, case yeah. on the on the on the saturday and i just think most people I've, i know people who do that and i know people yeah. have yeah, done yeah. that successfully and gone no i'll go back into i'll go back straight into work i need to be busy yeah because i can't let me mind think about stuff like that and, and I, I understand it like i yeah, think it's actually quite yeah. a natural reaction and you know he's obviously come further down the line and, yeah. and, and realizing and sometimes it does take a bit of time and a bit of experience and yeah bit of knowledge and he's he's found a place to, to go and do that and he, he's actually got a really um a really good message as well there was a a link on it to a video that he'd done yeah and i remember seeing this at the time i didn't know what it was <laughs> no, at the time no, but he's, there's a link to a video he's done and he at the start he gives a really good important message about mental health and and how we, you know we can we can all open up and help each other and, and last year in particular it was a massive topic yeah and, you know it, it's a much needed talked about topic as well um but he's got two children, yeah. uh, six and ten, a boy and a girl, and he made a video during lockdown. It was basically, I guess, the celebration. Yeah. And it was really funny, and the funniest one I saw was the Adebayo one because his kids <laughs> were just launching stuff at him. He was, like, on his he's, knees. The kids are, like, on a raised platform, aren't they? Just anything inside, throw goalie, it at dad. Goalie gloves and all. Absolutely <laughs> superb. It was superb. And, you know, he, he actually came out at, at the end of the article and said, too many men who have too much pride, you know, we kind of need to open up a bit more. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it it suits our message. And if you, if you want to go and have a little little read of it yourself. Yeah, we'll tweet it out. We'll tweet the link out. It's, it really is a fantastic. And it's a brave, brave story to tell as well. Um, Kers and Ashton are in the third round of the FA Cup qualifying this weekend. And Kers and Ashton have actually got a pretty decent history. Yep. I'm fairly sure they might have beaten Stockport one year or certainly held them to a draw. I mean, who hasn't beaten Stockport? <laughs> Stockport well, fans, like, if you're listening. It's kind of like a bit local, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're in team, the third round. Team and... whose ground is closest to the River Mersey? Stockport. Stockport, can't yeah. we? Quiz question I remember on Radio Mayside many, many years ago. Yeah, it catches a lot of people out there. It, it does. Um, but yeah, no, you, you, you bang on, Anton. It was a great one for you to, to bring to the table for us. I hadn't actually seen it until you... You tweeted the sorry, tweet sent sent the link in the WhatsApp group, and I think it's, you know, we, we we've spoken a lot of times on the podcast with a lot of different people about this type of thing, and you know, sometimes I think for people maybe they get see these stories come up as you say, as so and so opens up about mental health, and and you can almost to a degree be like, oh, that's great, and then not really read it sometimes because there's there's been more of them recently, which is obviously a good thing, but I think there's something really kind of genuine about Kevin Cunningham's. Steve. Steve, sorry, Steve Cunningham's um story and about what his words and about almost as well about his reasoning for doing it. Mm. And I think that's what kind of hits home. And I think there's a reason why, you know, it, there's nothing in there that seems kind of 
self-saving in any way at all none of it seems kind of like he's asking for any sympathy or anything like that his message is just really clear that look i felt horrible for years didn't really acknowledge it it made me into a person that people didn't want to be around and then i acknowledged it and now i feel much better about it yeah. And, and and like that's a really simplified way and of looking at it but yeah, in some ways it is, it is simple and he still works in football he works in football and, he's, and he seems to be doing really well yeah exactly yeah. so yeah very pleased for him and uh, yeah and a, a great story to, to bring to the table and we were talking before about Andy Carroll we were uh, and Andy Carroll as we all know is he's great in the air he is good in the air uh, he's not good at many other things but he's great in the air no uh, he can head it and he's a big old man mm. who gets up and oh, heads it knocks him in Um. But there was a match recently where mm. Andy Carroll would have been absolutely no bloody use whatsoever. No. Uh, and well, in the second half anyway. But yeah, we'll carry on with that. No, no. No, no. Yeah. Fir- first half, he would have been more use in the second yeah. half. Yeah. So basically, spend more time. Spend more time. Um, they, had a, they had a match at the weekend. Uh, it was a no-heading match. But the first half, he could head in the 18-yard box. Tramia's back four did a lot of that for a few years. Yeah. Played a lot of no-heading matches. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few strikers. Mainly well. off corners. Yeah. So basically, they had a, you could head in the first eight, in the 18-yard box in the first yeah. half. And in the second half, there was no heading anywhere. And apparently, the only issue that there was, and I saw the clip on, online, was a, in typical fashion, clipped down the line from a fullback. Yeah. Centre-half goes to edit so instinctively. Yeah, There's yeah. no one around him, by the way. He could have brought it down. And he was just free kick given. And there you go. Um, as in, like, as if it was a handball almost. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, it, it came about uh, Dr. Judith Gates. Yeah. Uh, basically, she has a charity called Head for Change. Yeah. Uh, they arranged the game. Her husband, Bill Gates, played for Middlesbrough. He was a defender uh, a few years ago, many years ago now. Many probably. years ago, yeah, he's in his 70s. Yeah, uh, he had to retire when he was 29 because he had migraines. migraines yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've, we've recently had a, a, you know, look at, like, Kevin Doyle. Uh, retiring because of because of similar similar issues. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Head injury issues. Ryan Mason. Yeah, exactly. And basically, the idea is to not get rid of heading. It's not going away. Reduce it. It's to reduce it, and yeah. that's basically what they want. So he retired at twenty nine. He's seventy seven now, and it was really quite emotional. He got to uh, got, I think got to kick the ball off, and he got a minute applause. Didn't yeah, he walked into the middle of the pitch and got a minute applause, it, which I thought was you know one of those things like. It's dusty in here, yeah, it's it a bit dusty in here, and it it was genuinely really, really nice. And it's a great movement, there's a lot talked about, yeah. Um, the head injuries and the awareness that needs to be raised, and it seems to be heading in the right direction. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I think we, you know, obviously, and we, we had Nicky Truman on, didn't we? We did, we, we had Nicky Truman who was talking about her dad, Annie Moss, who is uh, Chesterfield's all time leading goal scorer, mm-hmm. uh, genuine legend of, of, mm-hmm. of that club, uh, and, and he was diagnosed with dementia and sadly died very recently um before he died we had nikki on, on on the show talking about you know her memories of her dad when she was a child and when he was a player and the involvement that they had at the club and then obviously his deterioration after he was he was given the diagnosis and that was you know i'd, I'd thoroughly recommend checking that interview out it was it was it was enjoyable because nikki was 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 really good and, and mm. she was she kept you know she, she spoke she, brilliantly she spoke it, speaks brilliantly and her she does a lot of stuff with um, Dawn Astles and, mm. and that type of thing and they've raised you know I remember this coming up about 10 years ago and I remember not really understanding what, what they were on about to be honest with you but you know recently we've seen like so Jack Charlton and Nobby Styles have died most of, that t- most of that team yeah so Bobby Charlton um, was, was was diagnosed very recently It's it's isn't it something like 9 out of the 11 who started that final have either died from dementia well, or have been diagnosed with it in yeah. recent years and I think 
you know, it's the 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 the, the issues that faced footballers back in those days are different from the conversations that we're having now because of the equipment used mm. for obvious reason. But the risk remains the same for footballers in any level that there is definitive proof that repeated heading of a football is dangerous. But for they're at more risk than anyone in the country. Massively. Or any any person, yeah, like yeah, it's, by like ten times. Uh, it's the same with like osteoporosis and osteoarthritis and it's things shocking, like that. Isn't it? Yeah. Like when you read, like going, oh, it must just be in like sports. No, no, <laughs> no. Everyone, everyone, all in the people. And um, but it, you know, heading back back then you, with that big, hard, heavy yeah, ball, wet as well, wet as well. And but it, I mean, it, it's a staple of the English game. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Andy Carroll. And he was great to watch, and he is he was good to watch. A big, big batter. old number nine, big centre halves. That's what we think about him. of English football. Yeah, yeah, and and that is that's changing. That yeah. is changing, and it will change. And the ball's changed, obviously. And I think the, I mean, obviously it's banned in under 11s football, and yeah. it's restricted and limited um, in in other areas. Uh, I know they actually have a heading ball. Mm. Um, it's like a lighter weighted yeah. ball in it. So just to get the technique. So, but then I mean, as they say, they're not trying to outlaw heading. No, That's the, never going to happen, I don't think. But just limit it. Yeah, the only, no, you don't need to be heading it in training, really. The only concern I have with it, the the only concern, because I'm fully on board with with reducing it. And, and I mean, we spoke about Raúl Jiménez uh, earlier on in the show, and he obviously suffered a very bad head injury. And I think I'm all for it. But I th- the, the only thing that concerns me, and this is this is purely from a I know the way that these things often go in the time that they end up down the bottom of the football pyramid into grassroots football. You and I used to coach a Mm. a kids' football team. And one of the very first things that we did when we took over was try to teach them how to head the ball. Primarily because every single match, any time the ball went in the box, it would go in our goal. Mm. And they would be 5-0 down before they knew it. And the t- I think the team we picked up, they hadn't won a game for about 18 months or something, hadn't yeah. they? And I think it was, they were all, they, they, between them, there was a lot of really good footballers and they, they could play and stuff, but they were so soft. <laughs> it was so easy to score against them. So for us, what we were looking at was, to make this more enjoyable, you need to be more competitive. So we need to teach you how to go and head the ball. And the biggest part of that wasn't that they weren't willing to go and head it, it's that they just didn't know how to go and head it. Because it is a skill and it's a technique yeah, it's, to yeah, it. It's not taught, is it? It's not taught. And, and I if think, it's taught properly, it would be much if it's better. it's taught properly, presumably it would be safer as well. Mm. But I think so. that's the only thing that concerns me. But I think that's that's one of those things that hopefully people will be will be taught to be able to to balance those two things out. And maybe it's, it's one of those things where it's not being taught anyway. So <laughs> what does it matter really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope it, but I mean, it's it's a great step forward. I, I think you yeah. know, and to be fair, I mean, there was only one free kick when someone edited it, so everyone followed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see where that goes next in terms of will there be trials in, you know, like the FA Vars or the FA Trophy? Will they trial it in the Papa John's trials? You know what I mean? They they normally trial these things in those games, yeah, don't they? I mean, in, that, I, in sort of lower sort of um, priority game, so to speak. I mean, I, I don't know whether they trial it. I, I wonder whether they'll just continue to raise more awareness. You know, could we have a could we have a soccer raid with, with, with no heading? Yeah, that'd be good, Could we, could we do something like yeah. that? You know, it's a big... Wayne Rooney did it with no running. Exactly. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge game. Yeah. And they're all representing those clubs where these players have come from. You it's know, like 60,000 people in the stadium. Let's, let's do it there. And also as well, I think, as you say... That brings it probably to another audience again because your audience at Soccer Aid is not your typical no. Saturday afternoon football audience, not your typical 
football fan. I'm going to at them. I'm going to say at Soccer Aid. Have, have, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Yeah. Have they got like a little contact us thing? We could we could send them something. Hopefully. We'll, we'll have a go, can't we? <laughs> you said that uh, heading in football, that the awareness is being raised is a, a big step forward. And there's uh, another story that's been in the news this week that I think is a big step forward. And it's it's sort of a bit of a controversial one in a way, but, but I personally think it's pretty cut and dry, I'll be completely honest with you. And it's it's come about from this uh, independent football review with uh, which is being led by Tracy Crouch. And lots of that is to try and look at a variety of different things in football. But one of the main things seems to be the way that fans are treated or the way that fans behave or fans' enjoyment of a match day experience and all those type of things that go into it, the type of thing that's been maybe lacking in the game in this country for, for the last sort of 15, 20, 30 years. And what they've kind of proposed that's going to be discussed and hopefully will will get through the government and be in place is having alcohol being able to be consumed in football grounds in view of the pitch. For those who don't know, at the moment, you can drink in a football stadium. You just can't be in view of the pitch. To the point where at Tramier, in the car where we sit, in the concourse bit underneath the stand... If you walk out of the concourse onto an open area next to the stand, you can see the corner of the pitch and a steward will shepherd you back inside the stand four feet away. Um, That is how ridiculous and draconian these rules are. And I think personally, and you know, I'd be I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, and because we, we kind of knocked it about in the in the in another WhatsApp group, didn't we, the other week, the other day, sorry. Mm. Uh, I personally think it's a positive move i remember when we interviewed mark and nicola palios nicola palios was behind this being a a thing as well and that was that was a while ago and it has been something that we've spoken about before i don't know what your thoughts are on it uh it's a bit i think it's a bit more difficult at times to be honest Mm. my only i don't not really necessarily bothered too much about the the fact that you bring it in i think that's probably along the right idea you can't have people Basically, don't let people, don't make force people to go and get tanked up. Yeah, well, that's so he, it, isn't it? Just so you can go to the football. Um, people so, like to have a drink at the football. Yeah, people like to have a drink generally. Yeah. <laughs> like, and my brother made a really, um, a really interesting point is that you know when you go to Spe- we're going to the NFL in, in a couple of weeks at Spurs Stadium, and when we go there, we'll be allowed to have a drink. Yeah. When, <laughs> when, when the week before, none of the Spurs fans will be no. allowed to drink. I can sit there and watch. I mean, an NFL game goes on for like three and a half hours. Yeah. And sit there nicely. You can, abso- nicely. You can get absolutely smashed off your head. You could do, yeah. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't. But, yeah, you could do. I mean, yeah. that's just me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the difference is, is if I was a, going to a Spurs game, I'd, I'd have to do that somewhere else before the game, rush it all, and, yeah, it's it's not we've, a big... We've... My only trepidation on the thing is, is that I'm not really completely enamoured with, oh, yeah, well, now we'll make the... The fan experience all fun for you. Yeah. When like two months ago in the Euros, they were like, "Oh, you bloody hoodlums." Well, see, this is so. This is the interesting thing, really. So, the um, police chief was was asked about it, and he was stating that it's a really bad thing, and he used the Euro twenty twenty final as an example. But uh, it was and, their making, and, and he basically he basically said, "Well, football fans can't be trusted." Because we've didn't. shown this, and the thing that I <laughs> I was listening to it, and I was like, "I know." You would like to feel as though that would be surprising, that attitude. But I was sitting there, I was like, I'm not surprised. But he's missing the point. He is completely missing the point of why there are problems at football matches with alcohol. And as you've just said, it's that exact phrase. It's tanking up. And it's because you can't drink while you're at the match. So you go, we'll go and get four or five in beforehand. 
we then can't drink for an hour and a half or we'll go and have to get two or three in at half time which we normally would have just spread out across the match if you go to any sporting event in this country literally any other than football you can drink in view of the of thing of the sport cricket yeah. rugby the darts the, darts the, is literally the darts made on drinking whatever you want you can have a drink yeah. you can go to the theater and have a drink you can go to the cinema and have a drink you can go to a christmas market and have a drink you can go to Debenham. i don't think you can do it in Deb- they haven't even got Debenham's open anymore but you can go to all these places and have a drink and yet at football which is the biggest most popular sport in this country you get you get treated like criminals because you want to have a drink yeah i mean it's i think it's worse in scotland as well isn't it yeah they don't have any at all at any grounds i don't think pretty sure that's the i'm not sure to be honest with you i I could be wrong could be corrected but i i I do remember there being a rule something similar to that yeah i i just i mean the chief police whoever he is has got it completely wrong that euros final was a farce because there was no police there yeah exactly so funnily enough people do get up to some strange things when there's no police present Yep. So, mm, you know, a bit weird. And now to come out and go, actually, we'll let you have this. I I do find it strange. I like the idea. I think it's a good idea. But it's not because they want to make the fan experience better. I'm not buying that. Well, I think for... Because um, they haven't done that for, the, the, for years. So I think for the fan-led review, for Tracy Crouch and the fan-led review, that is legitimately oh, they, what, they, they're, probably, what yeah. they're designed to do. Somebody said something which I thought was quite interesting, which I'd not even really thought. So I was like, they were like, well... I was going to go and drink in the pub around the corner from the ground, but they're now going to make it such that I'll have to buy a pint in the ground, which is like eight quid or whatever it is. And like there is, there is that element of, as you say, um, it's Mark Roberts, so Chief Constable Mark Roberts, who's the UK's football policing lead, says it would be irresponsible to fuel football's problem with disorder by allowing alcohol to consume to be consumed in the stands. Now, what that says to me is that the guy who's in charge of this has a fundamental lack of understanding of the issues that he's meant to be in charge of. and Which isn't a surprise. Which isn't a surprise given the, the current state of the, of the country. But it's just, I don't know, I just find it really irritating that you just like... It it's, it's like they're telling you, you can't behave if you're given a trial. drink. It should yeah, certainly be trial, shouldn't it? So, so the, the, the proposal is to trial it at mm. League 2 and National League no, level. It should certainly so be trial. So you've got big enough crowds that there are... You have it gives sort of a, a a good demonstration of how it would work, but not so big that it could get very quickly out of control. Do you reckon though they'll go like, oh, as soon as like any of them start fighting, they'll be like, oh no, we can't do it because of this. Well, actually, we, they were probably fighting and doing all that beforehand. I think that if there was some way of measuring it, and I don't know how you would do it, you would find average levels of people who were drunk in football grounds would be lower mm. if you could watch games with a drink than if. I've also got a problem. I've also got a problem with uh, you know the actual like carrying of the drinks. I mean, that we've mentioned recently, Trammy aren't very well equipped yeah. with the old uh, food and catering. You probably get given it in a hot dog bun, wouldn't mm, you? I, I'm just wondering about the carriers, and then obviously you get to your seat, and then someone knocks you. You have to go back down. We'll see. Oh. This this is this is the thing. This this is the practicalities of it are quite difficult. Yeah. Now somebody said, I don't like this, and I was thinking, oh god, because there's now a trend for people to throw beer in the air when yeah, a goal I don't goes want that. in. Now. That needs, if you do that, if no. someone does that and ban it, stop it again. Right. Not into it. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the NFL. When I was in the States a couple of years ago, we went to uh, the Tennessee Titans versus the Buffalo Bills yeah. in Nashville uh, at the Nissan Stadium. And uh, you can drink in your seat, obviously, yeah. NFL. There's little cup holders. Uh, there is cup holders in the seats. 
there are people who come up and down selling beer and that. You just buy it in a can. You just mm-hmm. give it in a can. Now again, again, that like that would be a that would be a great idea. But even at home games at Tramia, they won't give you the bottle, the plastic bottle of like shit ale they've given you. They pour it into a a shit glass, yeah. a shit plastic glass. And I'm, I remember when we were at Oldham this year in the League Cup, and I got a can of Pepsi Max. Did they pour that into a cup? Pour that into a cup. And I said to them, why are you pouring this into the cup? You've opened the can. And they said, well, it's in case you throw it. And I said, if I can throw that can from here and hit someone, I would be in Tokyo at the Olympics. I wouldn't be in Oldham at the League Cup. It is a can of Pepsi that you've opened. Yeah, it's. Uh, Do you not understand kind of basic physics of this? But I mean, they're they're, they're ended by the rules that they, that they've got, and hopefully they do change. I wasn't I obviously. I, yeah. I thought it more than anything. I just went. Yeah. Thanks, love. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, hopefully it does change. I mean, it it does need to have at least a little try. Just because treat what, people because, like because, adults, and maybe they might behave like adults. Yeah, because whatever they've been doing since like the eighties hasn't been well, working. Hasn't worked at all. <laughs> like forty years. What, the, the, what I find that interesting is that. What you've got there is the the police chief going, the example of why this thing won't work, the example I'm using is when we've got a different set of rules in place. And the reason we want different set of rules is because the original set of rules don't work. And like they won't, you just think, how do you not, how do you not understand why that's stupid? I agree. Annoying. Let's hope it goes through and let's hope. He gets a pint right on the head. <laughs> Mark Roberts, if you're listening. Round on you. Pint on the head. Um, the England squad got announced. Speaking did, of England, yeah. got announced oh, today as we record yeah. on uh, I completely Thursday forgot. I didn't even know we were playing. No. Didn't we just play? Yeah, we're playing Andorra and Hungary. The big ones. I think. They're World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Why um, is Jude Bellingham not in the squad? Oh, because basically um, Mr. Southgate, um, the lovely Mr. Southgate, has basically oh. said... He's he's played quite a lot of football. He's only young. Doesn't oh, yeah. really need to be there, to be honest. So does he not? Are these not the games that you would want to try and sort of assimilate have, him into the team? But they have had him had him there all summer. They've had him playing games at a good high level. But he hasn't. I, he hasn't. He doesn't. He's not like started games and stuff. No, I know. But I think you want to protect him because I do think he's got him in mind for next year to probably come on and start. So you, you would think you out of the current England eleven. There's a spot open in the two midfield positions yeah. and he's got to be in there for one or yeah. the other. You don't want to burn him out. Yeah. I mean, just let him go through. I mean, what are you gonna, with all due respect, you're not going to learn much against, with him against Andorra. You might learn a bit more against Hungary. Possibly. Possibly. But we did duff them up the other month. So. Little slugs. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I guess um, I guess I'm just kind of thinking like... If you're not going to play him in here, when are you ever going to like? But it's because they're so used to playing like the best, get the best squad, get the best squad, get all the best players. And you don't, no, don't really don't, need to. There's a lot more. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily objecting to it from that perspective. I'm, I suppose I'm looking at it and going, he's theoretically if he carries on with the same trajectory, going to be hard not to have him starting in the World Cup next year. Even you know, even even making for you know the performances of Phillips and Rice. In that midfield. Now, I would suggest you're likely looking at a team of Pickford, Walker, Shaw, Maguire, Stones, Rice or Phillips. Oh, there's the dog. Rice or Phillips and Bellingham. And then a front three that includes Sterling, Grealish, Kane, and then Mount sort of in between the two. Yeah. You're looking at that sort of being like... So you would, 
more or less the the team picks itself apart from maybe right back mm. and a position in the middle of midfield and when um, Dean Henderson gets back in the England team. Oh, um, but <laughs> I think Bellingham would probably more likely come in for Phillips than Rice. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of think we'll just just pick him and play him and let's see. Let's just see what the, the dynamics. Play in one game playing with Rice and in the mm. other game playing with Phillips because if you're thinking he's it's him and one of the others. Then playing with both, and let's start to see where the balance is, which one works better. Now it feels kind of, in fact, it feels incredibly sort of trite to be criticising anything Gareth Southgate does mm. because, you know, I'm going to use the phrase "trust the process." Exactly. Well, I, I think I think that's the idea, here, isn't it? And yeah, I don't, it is. I don't think you don't need to get the get all of them. Out, I think. Ollie Watkins is in there. Yeah. So I was just going to bring this up. Ollie Why Wat- is he in there and Danny Ings isn't? Well, I was going to say Michael Antonio, but I think Michael Antonio is declared for Jamaica. That that'll be why. Yeah. I think we discussed this the other day. I don't think Danny Ings is declared for Jamaica. No, ja- no. Jamaica yeah. me crazy. I knew that was going to happen. What uh, that I was going to say, Jamaica me crazy. No, not that. I mean, I knew I was going to get it wrong. Well, you know, it would. It's sort of on mm. brand for you. I'm, really, I'm allowed yeah. to get one wrong. Yeah, That'll do. Uh, for Kyle that, Tamori, got his got his got his pick. Yeah, as well. like, yeah. Apparently, he likes the look of him. Yeah aggressive on the front foot defender apparently well this is it I mean I mean he plays in that foreign league that no one ever sees he plays where that foreign league that no one ever sees the Welsh league yeah <laughs> <laughs> the SPFL yeah does he play up there does yeah, he he plays in uh, Italy doesn't he but yeah England will win those two games uh, well, I thought, I thought Tomori was good when he was at Chelsea I'm yeah, surprised he... he got farmed out well I think probably what it came down to was Lampard seemed to not really like Rudiger for a while yeah and then after a while, I was like, oh, that Rudiger's quite good. And he's sort of our best defender, so we might need to play him. Um, and then when Thomas Tuchel came in, he just clearly didn't fancy Tamori for whatever reason. And that's fine. You know, Tamori's gone out. He's uh, he's over in Serie A, as you're saying, apparently doing very, very well. I can't say I've watched an enormous amount of him, but enormous, amazing amount of him. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about the England squad, to be honest with you, because it's, it's sort of like they'll just win those two. I just don't know why we play more games. <laughs> so why? Do you know what's really annoying on that Mikel Antonio thing is I had him up on my Wikipedia Oh yeah, to, to talk about him before. He's only played once for Jamaica. I feel so hard done too. <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't count. Didn't he? Not having it. I think he scored, did he not? No. 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 Doesn't score for them. Shit record, mate. Uh, only for the hammers. Get him back. Only for the hammers. If 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 he hadn't have declared for Jamaica, do you think he'd be in this squad? On, on court and form, yeah. Do you think we? Do you think he? No, like like legitimately, do you think he would have been picked? He'd probably get in over Ollie Watkins. Yeah, yeah. The probably. goal with the goals he scores. Yeah. Watkins is a good player. Don't what about Mason on. Greenwood? Can he feel hard done by by not getting in there? Southgate doesn't seem to like him. Um, there was the whole Iceland thing with Phil. Yeah, with, well, we with can, little Phil. Little Phil. Little Phil's probably the culprit there, isn't he? Well, he's had a little feel, hasn't he, little Phil? Yeah, of course he has. <laughs> eh? I don't know. I, again, I think... He, Mason's got wood. Oh, God, don't start this. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, he probably could feel a bit hard on too, but I imagine, again, it's along the similar lines to Bellingham, where he, he, he doesn't really need to pick him. Yeah, I don't know. He does. He's not ever played play for England, though. Yeah, I know. But he's playing a lot of football. This is a, yeah, but so are all I the know. players who are playing. They're all playing loads of football. They're playing a lot of football for United. I don't know. Don't don't burn him out too soon. Oh, I think he'll be in there he's, next year. But uh, I don't know. I'm just not looking forward to it. Oh God! It's t- are, you, are you really <laughs> going to be like? Can't wait for the Andorra match oh, tonight. No, I'm not going to watch it. 
I'm just going to be about five nil to England. I mean, I watch the highlights. <laughs> what, highlights. A, what a diehard! What's the highlights? What's I, d- I mean, if nothing's on it, I'm not watching. That. <laughs> it's Andorra at home. It's the easiest win ever. Um, watch, uh, watch them draw. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? The, I'd watch the Hungry game. I think that'd be a little bit more. Only because I, I no, but Hungry are terrible as well. No, but I really I, they're I, just a gang of moody racists. Yeah, I, I did like the, but they're not going to be it, there, so it don't matter. I did like them in the Euros. Peter Galashi is defo throwing him in for England because <laughs> he hates his own fans. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck these horrible racists. I will throw in the goal. Haven't you got a team to pick soon as well? Have I got a team to pick yeah, soon? Yeah, a little fuel team or something. Well, I'd like. It's nice of you to. It's nice of you to bring it up organically, so I didn't have to. Ant, but yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure the listeners, uh, unless you're an overseas listener, of which we do have some, uh, I'm sure you're all acutely aware that we are in the midst of a petrol shortage in the UK. Now, it is of course not an inherently funny subject though there is comedy to be found. Um, and we thought we'd try and lighten the mood by bringing you some of that comedy that can be found in a Fuel 11. Now, Ant, I'm going to give you my Fuel 11, and I would like your feedback on the side. Okay. Uh, some say that uh, puns are the lowest form of humour, uh, and I say to that, I don't care. I enjoy them. I've not heard this. Okay. No, you haven't purposefully because no, yeah. if you'd heard it, you might not let me put it in the show. Oh, you ready? Yeah. I've gone for a 3-4-3 formation. Ooh, of course. Nice continental. Okay. In goal, mm. Michelle Vaughan. <laughs> At the back, we've got <laughs> you- <laughs> Eunice Cafuel, <laughs> Fuelness Murray, <laughs> Unleadedly King. Oh, God. <laughs> Unleadedly King. <laughs> Jason Fuel in midfield. Four in midfield. Jason Fuel. I've got Max V Power. <laughs> John Joe O Fuel. And I've got this is a stretch, this one. Sorry, out of Yusuf Malumbu. <laughs> Which is very currently relative. Uh, and then I've got a front three. We've got a front three of uh, Ricardo Fueler. <laughs> Roy S. Owen Dome <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasseltank. <laughs> uh, the manager is Rene Fuelenstein. <laughs> the game will be played at Stamford High Bridge. Oh my God. It will be shown live on BP Sport and it will be sponsored by Gazprom. <laughs> Feedback, please. Um, how long did it take you to think of that? Uh, not as long as it should if that makes sense do you know what i mean like it should that type of thing should have t- i did that on the i did that on the bus on the way home to be completely honest that was with you. uh that was it was, it was a doing yeah what sounds, was your favorite what was your like favorite a, uh, yeah probably jimmy floyd hustle <laughs> <laughs> my favorite the one that made me laugh myself was sorry out of yusuf malumbu <laughs> sounds like a good side it, i mean yeah the, the, what, are you, what are your hopes for the season? The difficulty was finding fullbacks. Yeah. That was a difficult. That's why I've gone for the three-four-three. Three. Fuelbacks. Fuelbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was some that didn't make the cut. Surprisingly enough, mainly in goal, we had Paolo Gassaniga. <laughs> he didn't make. He didn't make the cut. Fuel Fox didn't make the cut either, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so you know, we had to kind of cut our cloth accordingly. Who's the opposing manager? Pepperell. <laughs> 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 I was see I want I obviously played it at Stanford Highbridge. It could have been played at Oil Trafford, couldn't it? 
<laughs> we oh should we should, prob- we should probably end this now. Yeah, I think we? we should. This uh, is what happens when Ryan doesn't come. <laughs> Look what's happened. Look at what we have done to our fine podcast. If anyone wants to add any shinings to the Fuel 11. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. We really would love to hear them. Um, and if you want to do that, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah. At Mark and underscore man. And make sure to use that in that, you know, that hashtag. Where's the talking lads? Um, one little thing we did want to mention to you, our good friend Barry Mack, who we have mentioned on the show a number of times, he is running a uh, a marathon on Sunday. Yeah, the Virtual London Marathon? The Virtual London Marathon he's doing on Sunday. Uh, and he's running it for Team DDB, which is the charity of Danny, Danny DeBrabander, yeah. who we had on the show very recently. Um, and so what we'll do is we're going to post up the uh the link for ddb's uh just giving page mm-hmm. fundraising page so if you want to make some donations to, to team ddb then you are more than welcome to it's an amazing cause he's an amazing guy barry we wish you the best of luck with your running yeah i mean he's only little barry so 20, that's a lot of steps 20, 26 yeah, miles 26.2 miles jesus it's gonna take him ages i mean a normal sized It'd be all right. Do you, know, do you know what's funny about this, actually? I've just remembered. We, Barry asked us all, because there's obviously not going to be water points and stops and official things like that there will be at a, you know, an officially sanctioned marathon. Mm. Um, he's asked us, he's given us points to stand on his route to give him water and gels and Lucasaid and stuff. I'm at a petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of inspiration for another 11. One thinks. <laughs> Oh, no. I was trying to think of one that rounded pump. Mm. I was thinking of something like Chris Pumphreys or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's yeah, it's probably time for us to wrap up. We we we're back on Monday with another episode from our archive. We we recently tw- tweeted about uh, David Cox. Oh yeah, he did a really good um, Who did like an Ironman type oh. challenge? Which I'll, we'll we'll post the the we'll retweet it again because it quite ridiculous to be honest with you and that was all in aid of uh, raising money for a mental health charity which is fantastic uh, and we spoke to him uh, last August and it was it's, it's a really it's emotional a bit, interview yeah, it's, it's a really powerful big well. one yeah so you know we will kind of put some uh, put some links and stuff to the organisations that we always point you in the direction of Samaritans and, and Mind and, and, and such but that's definitely worth listening to so that'll be our From the Archive out on Monday and then we'll be back again next Friday with another episode of the Friday Football Show and then the following Monday we've got a we've got a new interview a fresh interview to bring you uh, which was with uh, fellow Trammy fan Paul Burrows who we spoke to very recently so we'll be uh, releasing that episode a week on Monday but this Monday David Cox then a Friday football show. Might do another Fuel 11, depending on how much inspiration I get. <laughs> and then uh, we'll be back with Paul Burrow. So thank you, as always, for listening, for sticking with us. Hopefully you got through the whole of that Fuel 11. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we will we'll see you next Friday. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones. I'm trying to think of one that rounds with Tesla. No, come on. Let's go. Bye. Who's the goalkeeper no, for Leeds? Come on, right. Elan play the, play te- the show. Tele- play the show. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>